You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. All of this angered Jesus as he walked in and he saw all that going on. And in Luke chapter 19, we were at this verse last week, verse 45. This is how Jesus reacted. It says, Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You may have heard stories of people who claim to follow God taking advantage of others in different ways. What does God think about this? Does it matter to Him? Well, in today's teaching, Pastor Dion says that God deeply cares about the injustice in the world and judges those who perpetrate it. He talks about Jesus' reaction to the blatant injustice occurring in the temple. Jesus was so angry that He forced the merchants away from the area, allowing those seeking God the ability to come freely to Him. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 20 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. As we've been going through the book of Luke, I've used a lot of different methods to communicate God's Word. I've talked about current events, I've used a little bit of humor, I've used illustrations, and sometimes I use history and background. And so if it's okay, I'm going to start today with history and background. Is that okay? So hold your finger there in Luke chapter 20, and when we're ready to read, we'll open up. But for the most part, I'm going to kind of paint you a picture of what's going on in the background of some of the things that we've covered. First of all, God spoke through the Old Testament prophets hundreds of years before Jesus. They prophesied about the day and the way the Messiah, the Savior, would come into Jerusalem. So hundreds of years before Jesus, these prophets predicted how Jesus and when Jesus would actually present himself as the Messiah. In fact, Daniel chapter 9 verse 25 says this, Now listen, it will be 49 years plus 434 years from the time of the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one comes. That was 483 years total. So 483 years from the time that the Jews that were in captivity would be released to go back and rebuild their temple, from that point there would be 483 years and the Messiah would present Himself. It also says in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9, Rejoice, O people of Zion, Shout in triumph. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey's colt. So those Old Testament prophets predicted the exact day and the way the Messiah would be presented to Israel at that time. Now, 483 years to the day... And in the exact way, riding an unbroken donkey colt, 
Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Everybody, let's give it a... Let's, I mean, that's awesome. On the exact day and in the exact way, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey colt. God was presenting his salvation to his people. Jesus was out here with his disciples on the Mount of Olives, a little place called Bethany. He had told them to go across and go into Jerusalem, and he told them where they'd find this donkey colt and bring it back to him. And then on the exact day, Jesus crosses the Kidron Valley, crosses the Kidron Brook, and he enters into the Golden Gate or the Eastern Gate that's right off the Temple Mount, and he is presenting himself. Everybody say it. Well, he's doing what? Presenting himself. God is presenting him as Messiah to his people. On that day, it just so happens that early that morning, the high priest had gone out through this shep, the sheep's gate, had gone out here into the fields where they have the sheep, and he picked the Passover lamb. Everybody say it out loud. The what? The official Passover lamb. And he picks the official Passover lamb for the nation, and he brings it back, and people are lined up outside the sheep's gate here, and they are singing a particular psalm. That particular psalm would be Psalm number 118, I believe it is. In verse 24, here's what it says. This is what they would be singing. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. The word is Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So, Jesus is just around the corner. He is the Lamb of God. God is presenting the Messiah at the very same time that the high priest is bringing a lamb from the field, the official Passover lamb. And people are over on that side singing, save us now, save us now to the Passover lamb. And there's a very small group of people that are actually at the eastern gate that are singing that very same psalm to Jesus because they recognize him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Alright, so Jesus entered the Temple Mount and he discovered, we found this out last week, after he enters in that eastern gate, Jesus enters the Temple Mount and discovers a circus. Everybody say, a what? A circus. They had vendors in every little spot. They were selling trinkets. They were selling memorabilia. They were selling food. All along there, Jesus comes in and there's all of this going on. And then they're here at the court of the Gentiles. Everybody say at the what? Court of the Gentiles, which was a normal place for non-Jews and the infirmed to come and pray and seek God. They had been run out, kicked out, and this was happening. There was a bazaar going on in here, a party, so to speak, a circus going on in this particular place. Now, guys... The situation is the bazaar that was running in there in the court of the Gentiles was run by a former high priest by the name of, and here's his name, everybody say it, what? Annas. This guy was like a religious mafia boss. You know, I think he probably often said, I'll make him a deal that he'll never refuse. Right? You can just hear it in his voice. 
Now, Annas had passed down the title of high priest to his son-in-law, Caiaphas. But Annas was still calling the shots. Annas was still pulling the strings. And so it was he that had this bazaar going on. Annas had started the bazaar years before for personal gain. Annas would rent spaces in the temple to vendors so they could sell their stuff. And so these people lined the portico. And then the court of Gentiles, Annas had a racket going. Everybody said a what? Racket. Yeah, in that circus, that court of the Gentiles, there was a racket going. You see, Passover required that each family bring a sacrifice. Like the days of Moses, a lamb for a house. And each family was supposed to bring a yearling, a lamb without spot, to the temple as a sacrifice to honor God for their salvation, for their redemption, for their freedom. Well, Annas commanded the priest, since he was the papa, you know, mob boss, he had commanded the priest to reject the lambs and doves brought by the people from their homes. Reject them. He instructed the priest, find something wrong with the lambs and doves. A single off-colored hair. Maybe there was one slightly gray or black hair in the wool of the sheep. And they said, oh no, he is not worthy. It has to be without spot, wrinkle. Find a little bit, just even if it's a little patch of dry skin and reject it. Why? Why? Everybody said, why? Why did he do that? He instructed them, find anything you can, and he told the priests, and then point the people to the pre-approved temple lambs that are in the court of the Gentiles that were from Annas' flock. Point them to those lambs which were being sold at an exorbitant price, and the priests would actually get kickbacks for doing this. And so people were stuck with having to buy a pre-approved lamb at higher prices. But they couldn't use regular money, only temple coins. Here's the reason. The temple refused to take coins minted with men or animals on them. So money changers that agreed with Annas in a pay-to-play scheme were in the temple gouging the people. So here you come, you bring your lamb for Passover as a sacrifice to connect with the Lord, to honor the Lord, and they tell you, ah, your lamb isn't good enough. But we have some pre-approved lambs. They don't have to go under inspection. You don't have to go through anything. Just buy one of them. All right, so you go over there, you realize the price. I mean, you can't believe it, but you're there. You want to make the sacrifice. So you say, okay, well, I'll buy the lamb. They say, oh, well, we don't take anything but temple coins. You see that table over there? That table is where their money changer is, and he will change whatever currency you have, usually Roman currency, into temple coins. So they'd go over there and they'd change their money at a high rate of transition, at a high rate, and they'd pay twice the normal thing. 
All of this angered Jesus as he walked in and he saw all that going on. And in Luke chapter 19, we were at this verse last week, verse 45. This is how Jesus reacted. It says, Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And that's awesome for Jesus to go in there and take care of that. Look at your neighbor and say, awesome, Jesus! Now, Jesus indirectly called Annas and Caiaphas the high priests. He indirectly called them thieves. Everybody say it, what? Thieves! I mean, you could almost hear Annas and Caiaphas' blood boiling. They were hissing like pressure cookers at full steam, those two. Go ahead, do it to your neighbor. Now, it would have been funny if Jesus would have walked up to them, slapped them on the face and said, Stop crying, be a man. Right? But he didn't. Jesus simply left the building. Well, that night, Annas and Caiaphas planned to come at Jesus hard. That's enough of this guy. We're going to come at him hard. They're going to look to discredit him. So the next morning, everybody said what? The next morning, since the circus was gone, Jesus had sent a bunch of people out and they, they, just, they left. I mean, there might have been a few more, but since the circus was gone in the court of the Gentiles, those that were seeking the Lord, you know, the infirmed and other non-Jews that were in there, those who were seeking the Lord in the court of the Gentile, they were in there. And Jesus was teaching them the gospel, the good news of salvation. Maybe Jesus was telling them that He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world because after all, that is the gospel message. But the room is filled now with these people who are seeking the Lord. Jesus is in there in the court of the Gentiles teaching them the gospel. And that's when a group of chief priests along with other religious leaders come to interrupt Jesus' teaching so they can question Him. Let's read the passage. Chapter 20, verse 1. Now it happened... On one of those days, as Jesus taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel, that the chief priests and the scribes together with the elders confronted him and spoke to him saying, tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who is he who gave you this authority? But he answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing and answer me. The baptism of John... Was it from heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, then he will say, Why then do you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us, for they're persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So Jesus comes in, he's teaching in the court of the Gentiles, the people who can finally go in there because the bazaar is gone. He's teaching them the gospel. These guys come in to ask him some questions. 
Some of you have been vetted for a job. Investigated for a clearance. I mean, investigators comb through your history, your family, your friends, and your relationships. Also, they can determine that you are not a threat or a liability. Well, guys, this group of men that approached Jesus were, in fact, everybody say it, temple investigators. Say it out loud. Temple investigators. It was their job to investigate, to scrutinize, and determine if rabbis or prophets were legit. That was their job. To find out if those people calling themselves rabbis, prophets, or people who were teaching around the temple, to find out if they were legit. These investigators would ask probing questions. Who did you study under? What seminary did you attend? Where did you receive your ordination license? Who commissioned you? They are all asking some very probing questions. So this group of men came out with their black suits, attache cases, and notepads, and they asked Jesus, by whose authority do you work and teach? The intent was to discredit Jesus publicly, to find evidence of heresy, to find him in something like that, so that you know, they could get him stoned. Everybody say that aloud. Get him what? Stoned. And, and I mean with rocks. I have to say that in a postmodern world, you know, because they wanted to get him stoned. Now, Jesus answered. I mean, can you imagine they asked him that? Jesus probably said, if I throw a stick, will you guys leave? But no, he didn't say that. Jesus said, I receive my authority from the same place John the Baptist received his. So then he asked, so was John's baptism from men or from God? Everybody say, ah. Now see, when John the Baptist started his ministry, this same group of investigators had checked him out. You see, John hadn't studied under another rabbi or attended a seminary, yet this group of investigators indirectly endorsed John, okay? They even wanted to be baptized by John. Here's the verse, Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. But when John saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to be baptized, he denounced them. You barrel of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee from God's coming wrath? So these same investigators had come out to investigate John and even endorsed it to be baptized by him, but you know, John wouldn't because they, they didn't have the right heart. And he sent them away. So when Jesus says, is John's baptism of God or of men? When he throws that out there, the temple investigators are stuck. Everybody said what? They're stuck. They know if they say John's authority was from God, that the people are going to ask, why don't you believe what John said about Jesus? He said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. If you believe John was endorsed of God, wouldn't you believe that what John said about Jesus? Uh. 
And if they say John's authority was not from God, but from men, the people will bury them where they stand. With rocks, they'll stone them. Because everyone was convinced that John was a prophet from God. So you know what the investigators do? They plead the fifth. Under advice of counsel, to avoid self-incrimination, we decline to answer that question. So at this, Jesus tells a story to reveal what's really going on. The real reason behind the investigative inquiry. Jesus tells a story to reveal the real reason behind these, these guys' shakedown. Let's read it, verse 9, where we left off. Then Jesus began to tell the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard, leased it to vine dressers, and went into a far country for a long time. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers, and that they might give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the vine dressers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent another servant, and they beat him also, treated him shamefully, and sent him away empty-handed. And again he sent a third, and they wounded him also and cast him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Probably they will respect him when they see him. But when the vine dressers saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Everybody say, ooh. Have you ever heard one of those stories that you feel like they're talking about you? So Jesus, in front of these investigators, you know, they've already pled the fifth. Jesus says, this is the real reason that they're here. And he gives them this story. Jesus used an allegorical story to reveal an elaborate conspiracy by the religious leaders. In the story, Jesus says that God entrusted the Pharisees, the religious leaders, with the people of Israel. They are the vines in this particular vineyard, and they are the vine dressers, the ones who are responsible for them. And God gave the Pharisees the responsibility of the people of Israel to cultivate their spiritual lives and produce lasting fruit for God. But the religious leaders got drunk with power and decided to build their own empire. They beat and killed God's messengers, which were the prophets, and were currently conspiring to kill the Son. So the message is very clear. Busted can't be trusted. As we cling to the Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth. We're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Gospel of Luke. There's much more to learn from this narrative of Jesus' life, so we hope you'll tune in again. 
If you're listening in the Española area right now, we'd like to extend an invitation for you to join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship with one another. We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study beginning at 7. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think would benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Luke and discover more about Jesus and what his life and ministry means to you. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.